channel if you want to take a listen. Otherwise, for 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, Daily Sports Report, I'm Alex Strain saying good night and go blue. WCBN, student-run radio voice of the University of Michigan, licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan to serve in the public interest of the people of the state of Michigan. For when the famous explorer Filter Antoine LaRue wandered into the swamps that were to become Ann Arbor, he had but one goal in mind, a radio station that would rise above all others, reach to the heavens and enlighten mankind forever. So if you're loyal to Michigan, tune us in. WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 in Michigan. Good evening. This is our wolf. Our wolf. I'm filling in for Mike Perini tonight, and I'd like to open this little uh, 30-minute program, which is called Pandora's Lunchbox. It's a show about food and culture and human behavior. I'd like to open this with a hundred-year-old record. Would you like that? Boy, I would too. This is Lieutenant Jim Europe's 369th U.S. Infantry Hellfighters Band, fresh from action in the uh, the First World War, the war to end all war. This is called clarinet marmalade. I'm not sure what you would have to do to a clarinet to make marmalade out of it. We'll just um, contemplate that as we listen to this hot old record cut about a hundred years ago.
Say, boys, I haven't had a drink of home brew in so long till I got the malt can blues. And you, Mr. Ike, I want you to blow them for me on that trombone. Blow them now, blow them. Love till you blow that Jones law clean out of this world. heard a, um, a recording by a St. Louis Barrel House unit identified as Ike Rogers and his Biddle Street Boys, B-I-D-D-L-E. That's how you know it's St. Louis. Um, Ike Rogers was the trombonist moaning throughout that one. Uh, the Malt Can Blues. I think that's a prohibition number. Um, he's complaining about not having a drink. There was also the Jelly Roll Stomp, very nice, tidy barrel house from Frank Mel- Melrose, 1929. Also from 1929, Mint Julep, played by Jelly Roll Morton's Red Hot Peppers. You may have noticed uh, I'm nining it up again. I'm getting warmed up for Face the Music, which is all music from uh, 19. 19- from 1899, 1919, 1929, 39, and 49 this evening. And this is the way I usher out every year. This is the, uh, the closing months, weeks, and months of 2019, so we're nining it up. Lots of nines. And I think as I, as the evidence I've just presented shows you that it's not a bad way to go through and just shake stuff down. 
Also, I've chose stuff that fits in with the theme of this program. This is from 6.30 to 7 every Thursday night right before Face the Music. Mike Perini presents Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food and culture and human behavior or something. And I'm filling in for Mike this evening because he's busy. He's actually, uh, he doesn't usually mention this, but I can say it. He's a, he's a, a producer over at Michigan Radio, and they're having a NPR-connected um, fundraiser right now. So he's very, very, very busy. And I've, whenever he asks me, I say, hey, I can, I can cover while you do that. That's some serious work he's doing over there. So I'm just fooling around and enjoying it. I opened up uh, this uh, right at 6.30 with clarinet marmalade played by Lieutenant Jim Europe's 369th Infantry Hellfighters Band in 1919, 100 years ago. Mike wanted me to be sure and tell you that um, there's a world premiere of a, a play by David McGregor, Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Fallen Souffle, I believe this is at uh, Purple Rose Theater in Chelsea, Michigan, opening September 19th, running through winter solstice, December 21st, directed by Michelle Mountain, London, June 1897. It's the day before Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, and her son, the Playboy Prince of Wales, arrives at 221B Baker Street, pursued by anarchist assassins. Coincidentally, the greatest chef in the world, Auguste Escoffier, also arrives at 221B, his career about to be shattered by blackmail and scandal. Can Holmes, Watson, and Irene Adler save the life of the heir to the British crown and the reputation of the master chef? And can they unmask the criminal genius behind both of these sinister conspiracies? This action-filled tale of royal debauchery, priceless gems, and gourmet food will provide Dr. Watson with the material for Sherlock Holmes' most bizarre and tastiest case. So this is, uh, again, Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Fallen Souffle, world premiere, played by David McGregor at Purple Rose Theater in Chelsea, opening September 19th. I'm so glad Mike brought this to my attention. Now then, I also have something else to tell you about. I think that ought to fit in nicely with this music by Paul Hindemith. Oh, yes. Yes, a little more dissonant. Thank you. Very good. I wanted to talk to you uh, just briefly about the... um, notorious Gelman dioxane plume, which is currently oozing under Ann Arbor, making for the Huron River. Former Governor John Engler effectively poisoned our water by easing cleanup requirements for corporate polluters, and he also raised the numbers so they were able to pollute more without consequences. Uh, And this is a direct quote from one article. In 1995, Engler gutted Michigan's polluter pay law, shifting the burden of cleanup costs to taxpayers instead of holding corporations responsible for their own pollution, unquote. The initial dioxane spill occurred earlier, but Engler directly stymied the cleanup process. Um, Back in 1958... 
U of M graduate student Charles Gelman began working on a process to make microporous filters used to detect air and water pollution, ironically enough, among other applications. So he built his Gelman Sciences into one of the leading industries in the Ann Arbor area. But over time, the glowing business narrative became a history forever tainted by a chemical called 1,4-dioxane. A probable carcinogen was used in Gelman's manufacturing process. Dioxane polluted soil and groundwater at the company's Sio Township plant, and it eventually spread into a large plume of underground contamination in northwest Ann Arbor. It's currently uh, under thousands of uh, homes, including the one uh, where I live with Lindsay and our two cats. So, uh, And it is heading for the river. Now then. Pollution problems at Gelman were first reported in 1968 and 69, but there was surprisingly little regulatory action. That was the days of Love Canal, you know, (laughs) and sparse news coverage, right? So 15 years later, in 1984, the word dioxane first appeared in news coverage. It was suspected in Third Sister Lake near Gelman and confirmed in nearby wells the following year. The cumulative effect of the slow-moving investigation and remediation grew more serious by the week, month, and year. Revelations included the fact that Gelman had sprayed tainted wastewater on its lawns as a way to get rid of it. Overflows and leaks at its two unlined storage lagoons contributed. State regulations were so weak that a judge at one point ruled in favor of Gelman's contention that it had done nothing wrong. Yet dozens of homeowners were told to stop using their wells and were supplied with bottled water. Negotiations emerged over who would pay for connecting the uh, affected residents to the Ann Arbor water system. In one of the more bizarre developments, Gelman employees went door-to-door, scheduling times, and paying for residents to shower in a local hotel. Gelman and the state sued each other. Residents sued Gelman. The legal wrangling was as slow as the progress monitoring and treating the pollution. Millions of gallons of tainted groundwater have been extracted, treated, and re-injected into the ground. Dozens of test wells have been drilled in an attempt to track the spread of the contamination. The major concern, even still, is whether the underground plume will eventually migrate into Barton Pond on the Huron River, the major supplier of water for Ann Arbor. It is a definition of irony, a major water pollution cleanup caused by a company that made filters to detect water pollution. Yeah. So, um, let's see. I had one other cheerful... Oh, it looks like the... uh... Yeah, okay. Um... That's probably all I need to say on this uh, this rather wretched topic. But I thought you should uh, probably pay attention to that. And it's, uh, it's evidence, once again, that members of a certain per- political party have a tendency to value the uh, monetary... 
success of corporations over the safety of the public and to actually shift the burden of cleaning up pollution from the polluters to the people is crazy and kind of sociopathic. I don't understand it. So be careful how you vote and please pay attention to what's going on around you and beneath you. Music by Paul Hindemith, played by Hans Petermandel. We'll return now to Jelly Roll Morton. This recording was made in 1939, and I think it's a good way to follow up what I've just shared with you. This is the Michigan Water Blues. It's dating back from a time when uh, the water in Michigan is actually, compared to a lot of places in the country, quite nice. And, you know, we're actually surrounded by a lot of water. Kind of an interesting attitude for a governor to have or for governors to have, that you could be so reckless with water that affects so many people, not just in the state that you're hypothetically responsible for, but also, uh, you know, other states, other countries that share the same uh, water with us. So, very bizarre. So, this is uh, Jelly Roll Morton and Michigan Water Blues. It was recorded in 1939 when he thought it uh, tasted like champagne wine. Michigan Water tastes
You can't have your cake and eat it. You can't have my love and cheat it. You can make me fall, that's true, honey child, I'm telling you. But you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't have a dime and spend it. You can't take my heart and lend it. I'm persistent and precise. Listen to my good advice. You can't have your cake and eat it. Don't be selfish with affection. Give it all to me. If you want a sweet connection, start taking cherries off my cherry tree. You can't have your cake and eat it. You can't have my love and cheat it. If you don't stop being blind to your soul, you will find you can't have your cake. No, you can't have your cake. No, you can't have your cake and eat it. It's a rather uh, surprisingly fuzzy transfer of Fats Waller and his rhythms. You can't have your cake and eat it from 1939. I say surprisingly because this is on the um, complete recorded works in multiple volumes on the JSP label, and generally they're, they got it more um, together than that, but... That's okay. It's a wonderful series, and it's the most comprehensive reissuing of Fats Waller's legacy that anybody's ever managed, ever, or as I can tell. Michigan Water Blues from Jelly Roll Morton from 1939 as well. Uh, 7 o'clock, my name's Arwolf, Arwolf, and it's time for Face the Music on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. We'd like to remind you that Contrary to what might be going through some people's minds as they're uh, moving about town, there's not only more than one person in town, but everybody in town actually matters. And so you need to be very careful how you move, okay? How you drive, how you move your body, if you're uh, if you're on a bicycle or some other two-wheeled 
or three-wheeled vehicle, it's probably a good idea if you um, do not behave merely like an accelerated pedestrian. If you have the same rights and responsibilities as a car, that should mean something other than just rhetoric on paper somewhere or on a website somewhere. So please be very careful, be conscientious, and avoid getting into collisions with people. Avoid running people over or running into people, okay? It's just not necessary. And this is a very, very, very overcrowded town right now, and they, they're ripping up the streets, as everybody knows. So it's, it's uh, and the, they just keep renovating everything everywhere. And so it's, uh, it's quite challenging to get around, and we hope you'll be very, very careful, okay? I'm just bringing this up because uh, people need to slow down and pay attention to what's going on.